When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How you doing, everybody? I'm Ken Vykoff, and welcome to Peegs Radio. We are so thrilled to be a part of the CBS Sports 1430 family, and we're looking forward to bringing you the latest Talk and analysis of Hoosier athletics, be it in football, basketball, baseball, the recruiting trail, or anything else having to do with IU sports. It's a passion of ours, and I know it is for you, too. And, you know, for more than 20 years, Pigs.com has been providing the best online coverage of the Hoosiers you could find anywhere. And we're going to do the same for you each week over the coming months. We have a big show planned for you this week. Pigs.com founder and publisher Mike Pegram is going to join us to look at IU football camp and some news from Archie Miller's basketball team. We'll have highlights from Fred Glass's meeting with the media in which he talked about some of the biggest issues that are going to impact IU fans and the program in general. And we're going to be joined by Zach Osterman from the Indianapolis Star later on in the hour. But let's start with the man who got this all started a couple of decades ago, Pigs.com founder and publisher Mike Pegram. Mike, how are you doing? Ken, I'm doing well. And a couple of decades ago is a long time, isn't it? Yeah, we've seen a lot uh, lot of ups and downs over that that time. And, you know, I just want to give people, since our first show, I want to give people an opportunity to to know you, know your background a little bit. You're an IU alum. You're a former swimmer. And uh, you're a guy that has been working the recruiting trail and covering this for a, a long time. Just, you know, just talk a little bit about your background with the website. Well, um, it's been around since 1998, and um, you know, I was I was a, a normal corporate business guy for for a long time after after being an athlete at IU in the mid 80s, and uh, I got separated from Indiana, went down to um, Florida for a while, and missed the connection with sports. And I always had in my head, uh, as soon as the internet came around, it was a perfect match. I thought to reach across the country to to Indiana fans and keep them in touch with things no matter where they were. And I just got started on linking up stories and took it to another level each year from, you know, writing myself to bringing message boards to chats to video of recruits. And um, it's just been a, a passion that turned into a profession. Well, certainly it's uh, been fun to just see the the site develop over time at at, at various stops. And, you know, obviously this is our our next iteration on on Peaks Radio. And the biggest key this year, you know, we're going to be starting that that IU football season kicks off uh, in, in a very short amount of time. Mike, we have Tom Allen is is the new head coach. Everybody knows that. We've seen camp. We've seen this team uh, work out. Just what are your impressions of of the 2017 Hoosiers as they stand in fall camp? Well, this is a chance to take a real step as a program. They took one the last 
two seasons by getting to a bowl, uh, you know, when back-to-back years, but they don't ha- yet have uh, a season that can look back with a winning record. And there's enough back for Indiana to, to get to that point, but it won't be an easy road as it always is when you're in the Big Ten East with the, the Ohio States and Michigans and Penn States of the world. And, you know, this year is going to be extremely interesting because you have a new coach and an open up against uh, the number two team in the country. So there won't be much uh, time before you really know what you have. Uh, but, you know, Tom Allen did did something that no one else has done with Indiana football in, in decades. He, he turned around the defense. And that is what would, was would had has everybody optimistic that this team can get to seven, eight wins and, and do something that uh, no team has done in a while. You know, the quarterback is back. They got a lot of players on offense uh, that could be dynamic scores for this team. And so there's a lot of optimism, even though the schedule is, is a rough one. You know, we look at that schedule and yeah, it, it, it's tough, but this also seems to be an IU football team that is growing and there, there have some games where you looked at it in the past and said, ah, that's on the road. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off. And Mike, you know, to me, I feel that this team could be very, very ready to take that next step and become a consistent winner on the road, especially when you look at some of the road games that they have, uh, you know, like a Rutgers, like uh, per- like Purdue, um, like Virginia, which it didn't have a great season last year. Is that the biggest challenge facing the Hoosiers this year, is just being able to win those games on the road because the home slate is pretty rough? Yeah, in some ways, um, sometimes that can be good to have uh, the, the not-so-good teams on the road and the good teams at home, but it also can work against you if you don't take advantage of, of those road uh, mediocre teams on the road. I think that, um, you know, they can beat Illinois, they can beat Maryland, they can beat, you know, uh, Rutgers. There's a lot of teams uh, that they've started to beat that they have to do again. Uh, they're served up a little bit easier path on the other side of the conference with Illinois being an opponent. Uh, so there's there's an opportunity. I think we'll find out a lot when they go to Virginia in the second game of the year. That's a good uh, learning ground for playing on the road against a you know po- you know power five type conference team, but one that they can beat. They get the win there, then they have confidence that, to go on the road in those uh, you know middle of the road and lower Big Ten teams that they happen to have on the schedule this year. But they you know they've got to get off uh, with that win down in Charlottesville. You're listening to Pigs.com founder and publisher Mike Pegram on Pigs Radio. And Mike, you know, we've seen this football team over the past couple of years take those strides to where we worried about their ability to beat a team like Ball State, let alone some of the other non-conference games. You know, just the fact that we're we're looking at them as being a a team that can be competitive with a Virginia uh, right off the bat, regardless of where they, that that game's going to be played. That seems to me like a a sign of development as well. Yeah. And uh, you know, they had, they got a win at Wake Forest a couple of years ago uh, that kind of catapulted the program a little bit. And I think that's what, you know, that second game is uh, no matter what happens with Ohio state, even if they happen to win that game by by shocking the world that, you know, it won't mean much if they go off and lose uh, at Virginia that following week. So, you know, it's, um, you know, that's that, you know, I keep looking ahead to that game, but uh, we'll learn a lot uh, on next Thursday. I, you know, I think that um, it's really difficult, you know, with, with a first year coach who's never had a, a, a college coaching head coaching position before 
to know exactly what's going to happen. You know, what's you know, especially when you play in a quality team. But uh, by that, by the second week, that's that's when you're really going to figure out what what this team is made of. You know, Tom Allen's been around uh, a lot of different levels of football. He's been assistant coaches at multiple stops. He's been a a, a head coach at uh, the high school level. Do we make too much out of the fact that they haven't that he hasn't coached been a head coach except for the bowl game? Uh, you know, it was his one college head coaching situation. Uh, is is that uh, uh, too much being made out of that? No, I don't think so because. When you get to a bowl game, the season, you know, you you've been running as a team for qu- several months, and the engine's been going, and you're just kind of steering it. Now you gotta you gotta decide who the pieces are going to be in a little bit greater extent. You got to replace some players. You've got to make decisions on what kind of schemes you have offensively and defensively. So uh, there's there's more unknowns with this opener than there really was for that game against Utah, in, you know, out out in California. So that that's that's what I think is interesting. Um, you know, there's just a little bit more of a risk of what what to expect. But what we started this show talking about what they have back, and it's quite a bit. And and so there, there's optimism in that regard. Yeah, just the fact that you have a quarterback who has a year of starting experience under his belt and Richard Lego certainly is is a positive. Lego uh, had his ups and downs last year, but is is his performance really kind of the key to the Hoosiers season, especially early on? You can't de-emphasize that. I mean, that is the gigantic key to this whole season. I think a quarterback is always, you know, the most important position and, and, and overly influences everything, but especially so at Indiana. Uh, Richard had an interception issue last year that everyone knows about, and uh, they're trying to tailor the, the, the offensive play calling to his strengths. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's 6'6", 240. But, you know, some of the decisions be- between the years weren't right last year, uh, where to go with the ball. And, and um, so they've, they've had a ch- chance to go through all the film, and they feel like they've made changes that allow him to not – get picked off so much because when he when the right kind of plays you see it he can make really good throws but when you when you turn you know as many interceptions as he had last year they just can't can't get to that seven and eight win thing that we're that plateau that we're we're trying to see if they can get over we're talking to mike pegram founder and publisher of pigs.com on pigs radio mike is this a bowl team oh it should be we, we went through a, a lot of teams that are beatable on their schedule even though you know I hyped up the Big Ten East. They have, uh, you know, the Maryland's and the Rutgers, Illinois, and Purdue's to beat. And if they take care of business on the three non-conference games, yeah, this is a bold team. We're, you know, bold team in, in today's world is only six wins, Ken, and you're playing 12 games. Uh, you know, that that's that's not a high bar. They should be able to reach that given what they have back. Yeah, there's no question, Mike, that defense and the development of that defense is going to be absolutely critical to the Hoosiers' season. You you look at the development that Tigray Scales made last year. I think just the fact Indiana has an All-American linebacker uh, is really extraordinary considering where this team was just a couple of years ago. And it, it's certainly going to be interesting to see the steps that he takes in his senior year. You throw in the fact that Marcelino Ball has been a, a very good player for the Hoosiers last year, and he's had an offseason to really work. He's just a sophomore. Jonathan Crawford is a kid that has made a lot of plays in the past, and I think that he's somebody who could really uh, be a huge positive on defense. But this is a team that's going to get tested early on, and we're going to know real quick just how good that Hoosier football team can 
can be, but it's also a challenge I know that Tom Allen really is excited to accept, and uh, he, he's certainly fired up. His players have bought into what Tom Allen is selling, and it's going to be just a, a, a really interesting 2017 football season. I can't wait to see how it plays out. Well, Mike, we still have a lot to talk about, but we have to take a break. We're going to be back in just a few minutes to talk about IU's latest basketball commitment from the class of 2018. You're listening to Pigs Radio on CBS Sports 1430. Welcome back to Pigs Radio on CBS Sports 1430. I'm Ken Bikoff, and we're talking to Pigs.com founder and publisher Mike Pegram. And Mike, over with Archie Miller's basketball program, you have another situation where you have a new coach coming into the program. It's a lot of positive vibes surrounding it, much like Tom Allen has over at, at his football program. And the latest has been a huge commitment from the class of 2018. Uh, just just your thoughts on Robert Finnessy coming in and, and joining the team. Well, it's big because Indiana has been searching for a point guard since Yogi Ferrell uh, lost his eligibility and moved on to the NBA. Point guards are really hard to find, especially ones that kind of are natural position. Uh, and Robert, you could always tell that, that he was a perfect fit for for that kind of pure point guard. And he, as a sophomore, led his McCutcheon High team all the way to the championship game of 4A and really lost a close game to New Albany in, you know, in 2016. He's, um, you know... He's not a superstar. He's not going to be a, probably a Yogi Ferrell, but he is a guy who can take care of the basketball, really smart, efficient player. Um, you know, with Indiana's issues, Ken, with turnovers the last couple of years, you need somebody with stability, you know, to – and I just – watching Yogi um, – watching, excuse me, Robert uh, for three years now, he's not the kind of guy that makes plays and, and you're going, what was he thinking of? And how many times have you thought about that without your basketball the last couple of years? So that's why I think this is a big one, even though he's not ranked uh, among the top 50 players or anything super high that screams immediate impact. But I think he brings um, a guy who can really run the offense and won't lose you points via turnovers. Um, and he'll need time uh, physically. He's about six foot, but he needs strength. Uh, he may need a year. So you don't know if that means a guy like Devontae Green you know, kind of substitutes for, you know, a, a year in, in, the, in the point role or shares it with Robert. But he's really important because of the kind of player he is fits what Indiana really needs. You know, you talked about point, point guard and just the turnovers. You know, Archie Miller's team is not known for being a team that turns the ball over a lot. And, you know, obviously under Tom Crean, that was a huge issue for the basketball program. They played fast, but they didn't value the ball as much. Archie Miller has always preached that. What's going to be the biggest challenge for the guys? You know, fantasy obviously is going to help down the road, but this season, what's going to be the biggest challenge in just guys breaking some of those bad habits that they may have developed over the past couple of years? Well, one thing that Indian hasn't been good is playing defense. I mean, that's just been a problem Outside of maybe the Victor Oladipo uh, last year, uh, this team has not had very good defensive statistics and any really measurable uh, thing that really means something. Uh, but Archie Miller has consistently had good defensive teams. That's why he got the Indiana job, I think. Um, he's a proven defensive coach. And, and so you have some players on the team that might not really, are really going to have to show improvement defensively to play. 
Um, you know, I, I look at the roster and they did lose OG, who was their best defensive player, but they do have, you know, Juwan Morgan's capable. Robert Johnson, I think is capable, but they, you know, it needs to be four or five guys really who can guard, uh, to be the kind of Archie Miller team that, um, he's used to coaching. And so that's, that, that's what I don't know if it's going to happen or not. That's where you could have a, a bad fit for a year or two until he has the kind of personnel he wants. But, uh, and, um, so, and then you also look at this team and you just wonder who's the big, big score. You know, you've, you've kind of lost your superstars, the guys who, uh, you know, really have professional potential. You don't, you go across this roster now and you say, well, uh, there is a nice player at every position. There's not really a weak spot, but there's also nobody that I think is going to draw a lot of NBA scouts. We're talking to Mike Pegger, founder and publisher of Pigs.com on Pigs Radio, CBS Sports 1430. And Mike, you, you've seen these kids play since they were in high school. You've been on the recruiting trail watching them as time has gone on. Is this a group, or who who among the group, I guess, it has been able to absorb coaching as, as much as anybody else to where you feel they have a chance to really develop, regardless of where they've been in the past, that they have a chance to really take some steps up because in the past they've been able to, to really accept the lessons of coaching and take it to the floor? Well, I... I... The guy who I thought of when you just made that statement was Juwan Morgan, going to be a junior this year. Juwan has always been a, a very coachable kid, grew up in a military family, very efficient player, always shoots a very high percentage, does not take a lot of bad shots, but he slowly but surely worked on his jumper and he's getting better with it. And I think he's a capable defensive player, as we just talked about, and that's going to be ideal for for Coach Miller. And um, another guy I keep thinking about is uh, Devontae Green uh, being a really good fit for Archie and that he's a New York City kind of uh, or greater New York City uh, toughness about him. And then that's kind of guys that uh, that uh, Archie had at Dayton, um, you know, he I think his point guard um, was from from New York City and, and uh, very similar to Devontae in, in, in approach and, and confidence level. So I, I think those two guys are be really interesting to watch if they really blossom under Coach Miller, um, and then Deron Davis losing a bunch of weight. That's that's a pretty big pretty big deal because mobility was a problem for him and led to foul trouble. Now he's got to play. He's got to start on the interior and, and and being thinner and and maybe having a little bit better coaching on how to play defensively will that lead to him being able to stay on the floor. Talking to Mike Pegram from Peaks dot com. You know Deron has lost that weight, has really built his strength. Uh, just how much of a leap can he take this season, uh, you know, under, under a new system? He's got to learn a new system, but he also, Mike, for the first time, has been able to work out on a college campus to really enjoy that period of development that's so important to so many players. How much of a, a leap can he take this year? Well, I think you're referring to the fact that Duran, because of uh, academic reasons, wasn't able to get to IU till right before the start of the fall exactly, semester. Yeah. And that that put him behind. He had minor uh, nagging injuries, too. Uh, I think those combined, you know, with his uh, being a little bit overweight, had him behind. And, and you know, he, his fouls per minute, I think, were easily the, the highest on the team. Uh, Duran, though, despite all that, was a terrific back-to-the-basket player. I mean, he's uh, really hard to stop one-on-one in the post, and that's not going to go away with more time and and a little bit more mobility. So 
um, you know, he could really blossom as uh, the guy that the, the Inia looks to to throw the ball inside, and if he can learn to pass out, if he if he's good enough to draw defensive attention beyond his own man, you know that could free up things for Robert Johnson's jumper and for Colin Hartman's jumper, and 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 then you got you got an offensive uh, philosophy that's going to be successful. Do you think? Do you have any any choice or thoughts on a, an assistant coach for Archie Miller, who you think really has the opportunity to make a big impact on the players, just because of his ability to teach or ability to uh, to bring wisdom to the floor? Who who amongst that group really has a chance to make a big impact on that? Well, uh, Bruiser Flint has no, been known for coaching really good defensive teams through the years, uh, Drexel and and um, uh, you know he had some scrappy heck teams there. Uh, really, you know, they were low-scoring games, but uh, his team's really guarded. And then Ed 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 Schilling is known as a kind of a development guru, a workout guru. Um, you know, he's worked out a lot of super talents, and was at UCLA last year with, you know, Lonzo Ball and and all those uh, TJ Leaf and all that talent. He's coached Yogi Ferrell. He's one big reason Yogi Ferrell became the player he he was. Um, because he, uh, the way he works players out is just, um, you know, he's one of the best in the country in that regard. So that'll help a lot. Um, those two guys, I think, in terms of development within a practice, kind of stand out to me. Talking to Mike Pegram, founder and publisher of Pigs.com on Pigs Radio on CBS Sports 1430. Mike, Archie Miller taking over this program really feels like it's been a smooth transition. What has impressed you the most about the job that Archie has done and just taken things over? Well, he's followed, followed through on the inside-out recruiting with, uh, we just, you know, we've been talking about Robert Finnessy's commitment, but they also landed Demise Anderson from South Bend, and that's a, that's a player that a lot of people th- thought was going to Purdue. South, you know, uh, Purdue recruited him really hard for a long period of time, uh, was Maybe his first major offer. Uh, where I went to a lot of his high school games. And Archie Miller, new to the scene, you know, uh, he doesn't have a season at IU to kind of, you know, you know, build confidence. And yet he's still able to go up and pull a player from uh, Purdue territory, even though South Bend's a little bit north central. That you know, that's that's a tremendous um, example of uh, what he can do as a recruiter and. Uh, and he's also grabbed a, a really talented kid from Ohio and Jerome Hunter, who I think is a lot like Christian Watford, but a better ball handler and just needs to maybe play a little bit harder. But I think he's even more talented than Christian Watford. So he's he's really answered the bell. And he's also found another guy for the team this coming season, though. He, won't, he may probably redshirt in, in race Thompson. He kind of got the ball rolling, but he's a big, thick guy, strong uh, six out. Power forward, which is kind of what you want in the four spot nowadays. Well, before we let you go, Mike, I, you know, the Hoosiers get Robert Finnessy, and the question that everybody has now is, where do they go from here? Obviously, Romeo Langford is 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 hard on their radar. Uh, just wh- where? What's the Hoosiers' next step? Well, they still have two scholarships on paper. Ken, uh, I would think that at least one of them will go to somebody that is a five-star or superstar kind of swing for the fences, as I called it in a column this week, player. And Romeo Lankford, uh, Darius Garland from Tennessee, fit that that definition. Both kids have been to IU a couple times on visits, and Romeo is right down in New Albany, so he's very familiar with school. Uh, but those are both guys who are going to take their time. 
a lot of the the, the really high ranked players now like to wait until the spring to decide, and they both may be in that situation. But they have a player coming in on September 8th, a 6'8", 6'9"-ish power forward named Jake Forrester. He's a really good athlete. Best days are ahead of him. Not super highly ranked, but played well in the, against the top talent in the country at the Nike Peach Jam. So they like him. I don't know if um, you know. it gets a little bit more complicated as you get more scholarships, uh, commitments that – uh, we'll see how if they can follow through with really pushing for him. But he's the next guy. He's the only guy we know for sure when he's coming, and and it's an official visit. And he's out of, um, you know, Pennsylvania and, and a very good player. So he would add, definitely help with post depth, and that's uh, you know something that Indiana always could use another post player, just like a lot of teams. And he would fill that void. But th- that's that's kind of where things are right now. There's other players that they're trying. Moses Brown, a five star post post player. But uh, most of these guys are taking their time uh, with with their recruitment. Some of these superstars, and they're in a great position. They they got kind of the needs main needs uh, picked up, and now they can kind of, you know, like I said, swing for the fences and maybe get a guy who's a super impact player. Mike Pegram, founder and publisher of Pigs.com. Thanks for coming on. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus thank you ken appreciate it well, we need to take a break, but when we come back, you're going to hear from IU Director of Athletics, Fred Glass. You're listening to Pigs Radio on CBS Sports 1430. Welcome back, folks. I'm Ken Bykoff with Pigs Radio on CBS Sports 1430. The Hoosier football season kicks off versus Ohio State Thursday night, August 31st, and the IU Athletic Department is rightfully calling it the biggest opener in Hoosier history. And again, they really might be right about this. Director of Athletics Fred Glass certainly is excited for the opener. And he took the media on a tour of the new construction over at the South End Zone. Talked to us all about the new bells and whistles and initiatives surrounding the football program. And it's something that he does every year. He spent about 20 minutes taking questions from the media after that. And he was just, we discussed a number of topics with him, starting with how it is that you keep Ohio State fans from dominating Memorial Stadium on the season opener. Well, um, the best thing we can do is have Indiana fans buy all the tickets. So, so if you want to be a, a, a hero um, and you're an Indiana fan, please come to the game and buy a bunch of tickets. Uh, I do think the Thursday night um, may, um, may make it a little less attractive for people that you know, have, to, have to work the next day and schlep over from Ohio. It's going to be a late game, uh, I imagine. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's imperfect tracking these sorts of things. But based upon the sales to date and the zip codes from, from whence they come, 
I think we're going to have a primarily Indiana crowd. Now, former IU head coach Kevin Wilson is Ohio State's new offensive coordinator, and there's been a lot of chatter about that storyline, not only from the Indiana media, but from the Ohio State folks as well. The national media, I'm sure it's going to be a part of the, the game day situation that they got going on, and Glass wasn't about to get into any bulletin board material at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it adds an interesting storyline to what I think is already a, a great story, and I've heard... Uh, Tom Allen commented on a number of times that, that uh, he and Kevin are in a good place, have communicated um, uh, frequently, and that uh, you know Tom appreciates what Kevin did for him, bringing him here. And um, I appreciate what Kevin did to help uh, build the program here. You can you can um, disagree with someone and uh, and occasionally be disappointed with someone, but still really like them and, and be hopeful that um, they. Uh, uh, have success going forward, and I, I think I think Kevin Kevin will. Let's. I just hope not too much of it is a week from Thursday. Now, IU Director of Athletics Fred Glass also just stressed the importance of getting to the game early. There's obviously going to be some traffic problems, as there always are when you have as many fans come to the games. It always shows up for the Ohio State game in particular. And construction on State Road 37, which has been going on forever, it seems, uh, certainly adds to that. And he was very clear that people need to be patient, but that the athletic department is doing the best they can to deal with it. Yeah, I think I think we're in as good a position as we can be with 37. I give the governor uh, great credit. That's a mess he inherited, um, but he um, um, uh, owned it. And now that Indot is solidly in charge, I think they're they're a great group of professionals. They 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 weren't in, they weren't in charge of it before. Uh, they know what they're doing, and I think we really saw that here. Move in week uh, with with all the lanes being open, and I'm I'm very hopeful that that can continue because that 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 makes all the difference if if that's able to occur. Fred Glass, IU's director of athletics, also talked about some of the new security measures that are being undertaken this year that includes uh, some changes in terms of what people can bring into the stadium and just how people get into the stadium. Uh, we announced uh, recently that we uh, made use of a uh, uh, nationally prominent uh, security firm, MSA Security, that gave us a variety of recommendations, two of the most prominent ones that directly affect our fans with the clear bag policy and the uh, uh, metal detector uh, policy. Uh, I was surprised to discover that we are the 10th uh, school in the 14-member Big Ten to adopt a clear bag policy, and the other four schools don't let bags in at all. So this is probably something whose time may have come before, but we're, we're implementing it um, now. Um, I do want to emphasize that notwithstanding some comments to the contrary, I am pro-baby and pro-toddler. And so families showing up with diaper bags uh, will be able to access the stadium, and we will have an uh, exception for diaper bags, or if people have medical conditions where they have to carry oxygen or so forth, there'll be an entry point dedicated on each side of the stadium so they can conveniently um, have their bag cleared and and take that into uh, into the stadium. You're listening to Peaks Radio on CBS Sports 1430, and Fred Glass talked about the south end zone and everything that's going to go into that. I'm talking, you know, the last piece of the Excellence Academy, a lot of training facilities, a lot of uh, just rehab facilities, a dining uh, area. It's going to be impressive. Now, 
Fred, of course, has been part of this since the North End Zone project came on board. He was behind all of that uh, and and helped with that push. And Glass was asked if he was surprised by the arms race that he's seen just really explode in athletic facilities over the past decade. I can't say that it surprises me, but it, it's it's a, it's a challenge, and especially given the influx of technology in intercollegiate athletics, whether it's uh, you know media communications technology or even how kids are are trained or, or, or uh, uh, taken care of from a wellness perspective. Um, so uh, I think part of our challenges is always being on the very front edge of that and not hopefully not being the last one to the party, but the first one to the party and then all the iterations that, that occur after that. And, um, you know, I remember, you know, I, I'm old enough that I remember when things seemed very, very new and, and now they're very, very old and what seems like too short a time period. But, um, you know, you can't, uh, you can't, I think you got to be careful not to be nostalgic uh, too much and make sure that you keep the spirit of, of, the, uh, of the facilities and other pieces, but be ready to move forward too. ESPN game day is coming to Bloomington for the first time, and it's a big deal. And Fred Glass, IU's director of athletics, was also asked just about the importance of that show bringing as much attention to Bloomington as they will. Yeah, I don't have a I don't have a dollar figure, but I, I think it's really difficult to overstate what a big deal it is. And um, um, I understand, you know, there's uh, that, that interest in Ohio State is is, is certainly part of it. Um, but you know, we've earned we've earned that attention, I think, by being in the uh, Eastern Division of the Big Ten and and uh, coming up a little short. But 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 given uh, um, our higher ranked rivals, pretty much all they've wanted the last couple of years. So I think we've we've earned making that an interesting game that that uh, game day would want to cover, and having them here, you can't you can't overstate it. You know, recruits seeing our stadium, and we're going to do everything we can to tell our story and and look uh, behind the uh, nooks and crannies about you know our practice facilities and our weight room and the circle of excellence and the future of the Excellence Academy, and all those things. We get a lot of uh, uh, pro scouts and 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 coaches and others from other teams that, that say, you know, you're the best kept secret in college football. And I, I look forward to when uh, we are uh, not the best kept secret uh, in college football. I think everything's in place for us to break through. Um, and, uh, and I think uh, over the next uh, you know, two or three years, we'll do just that. Fred Glass was also asked about just the, the motto of head coach Tom Allen of breakthrough. And he was asked what it means for the Hoosiers to break through this season. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I think we're going the, the right way. I mean, I understand that, yeah, we've gone to two in a row, but we've, but we've had two losing seasons in a row. So I don't want to say I'm satisfied with what some might view as, uh, you know, uh, mediocrity. But I think at Indiana, when it's two bowls in a row in 26 years and four bucket wins in a row uh, for the first time in 70 years, um, um, you know, the first linebacker to be an All-American in, you know, 30 years, uh, I like it when a lot of the things we're doing are 30-year things, 25-year things, 35-year things back when, you know, Coach Mallory uh, really had it uh, going on. So I, I think we're going in the right direction. I'm not saying we're satisfied with 6-7, and seven, um, but I think another bowl appearance would, would really just keep building that momentum. And I was, I was in here um, uh, yesterday for freshman induction and looking at the, the freshmen on that uh, football team and they look a lot different than the freshman I saw when I got here nine years ago. Uh, so I think, you know, all the way across the board, 
Um, the program is, is on the upswing. And I, and I think football is important. You know, we're all about 24 sports, one team. And we understand the preeminence of, of men's basketball. And, um, um, and I don't shy away from, from that at all. Um, but it's important that Indiana University have a football program worthy of our brand of being excellent. Um, and it's where we have uh, inventory to, uh, to provide and where we can make some gains uh, revenue-wise, but, but, but maybe more importantly, um, have a, a, a football program um, worthy of the respect of Indiana, of Indiana University and our fans. And whether it's fair or not, it disproportionately reflects on your institution. And so we're going to continue to do everything we can to, to support a resurgence of IU football. Now, IU Director of Athletics Fred Glass also had to be asked, obviously, about the basketball program. It it is the marquee program at Indiana. And he was asked about some of the challenges of the Big Ten basketball schedule that was just announced, one that sees the Hoosiers playing conference games as early as December 2nd. Yeah, it's really really too bad um, that uh, it's sort of the perfect storm with the uh, acceleration of the schedule because of the need to be in Madison Square Garden early. Uh, Super Bowl in uh, Minnesota and the uh, closing of uh, Welsh Ryan Arena at Northwestern for their renovations all came together to create uh, too many quick turnarounds and all that. So it's it's unfortunate. But I will say um, I was very impressed the way the Big Ten uh, took that head on. Uh, Jim Delaney spent eight hours calling every coach to explain what the situation was. Uh, I won't speak for my colleagues, but it was very helpful for, for me to have Archie here directly from the commissioner and increased his understanding of where it was. It's a one-shot uh, deal. Um, I think most of those issues will go away next year. So, so it's unfortunate, um, but I think the conference has handled it the right way and you know, support what they're doing. We have a lot more coming up on the show in just a few minutes as we're going to be joined by Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. But first, we need to take a break. You're listening to Peegs Radio on CBS Sports 1430. Welcome back to Peegs Radio on CBS Sports 1430. I'm Ken Bykoff, and it's time to talk to Zach Osterman from the Indianapolis Star. I actually got a chance to talk to Zach outside Memorial Stadium earlier this week about just a host of subjects and here's my chat with Zach Osterman from the Indianapolis Star. I'm outside Memorial Stadium with Indianapolis Star writer Zach Osterman and Zach the Hoosiers get some bad news I wanted to start with talking to you about um, Brian Fitzgerald and just the unfortunate situation there uh, uh, with him being told basically because of an error from the IU Athletic Department which has owned that error they, they've been very clear about uh, about it being their mistake, but he's going to have to sit out uh, for the year. I wanted to get, first off, your initial reaction on, on just that news when it broke. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, he was one of the names that Tom Allen seemed to bring up a lot when we'd ask are there any young players, any freshmen in particular that are impressing you. He, Allen's been high on Brian Fitzgerald since signing days, surely since before that, but that was kind of the first time, obviously, you could talk about him publicly. Um, I think we were probably going to see him in a backup role at that Husky position behind Marcelino Ball. And it's tough to say how much because when you talk to teammates, they say Marcelino Ball is like one of the single fittest guys on the team, doesn't need a lot of snaps off. On the other hand, the staff has talked a lot about the, the defensive staff, has talked about how they feel like they have more depth this season. So in addition to getting guys like Richard Fant and Ball and T. Gray Scales back, 
they maybe don't have to rely on them as much as they did last year. They can get those guys fresher, deeper into games and, and maybe turn some of those tight results that they lost last year around into wins. Losing a guy that maybe could have spelled Marcelino Ball for some of those snaps is tough. And it's, yeah, it's a tough situation for the player. It's, you know, I was talking to uh, uh, somebody over the weekend who's asking about it, and I say, this is one of those things, it's one of those systems that, you're never going to know when it succeeds. You're only ever going to know when it fails, and, and you don't realize how how necessary it is until it does fail you. Um, you know, and, and we're probably never going to know exactly what happened because there are privacy concerns and things like that. Um, but we're already seeing. It seems like Indiana moved to add more staff, and Fred Glass also talked today about adding more technology, whatever that means, to kind of create redundancies that maybe make sure this doesn't happen again. And the thing that I thought was really interesting about it is not only can he not play this year, he can't practice with the team, and he can't do that. Do, sure do, he, he, may, I feel like he may be able to like weight lift or work out on his own or something like that. But I think I think if, I, I could be wrong on this, but. I think what he can't do is like participate in organized team activities. So the question then is, you know, obviously it is not the the player's fault. He didn't know that there was a problem. He was advised uh, wrong. How is this in the best interest of the athlete? Basically, I'm, I'm, I know. Just to me, it, just, it doesn't seem like the NCAA was acting in the best interest of the athlete in in being as rigid in the situation as they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, without knowing all the details, it's hard to speak perfectly to it. I think there are people who understandably say, well, wouldn't that open a really dangerous loophole for schools to exploit where if they're struggling to get a guy you know, academically eligible, then they can sort of create some mistake on their end that maybe gives them a little leeway. On the other hand, I also feel like, and I've said this as well, um, everyone's electronic footprint is so detailed now when we talk about transcripts, when we talk about, um, you know, SAT scores, ACT scores, classes, all the things that would go into a, a player being eligible moving from high school to college. I would imagine that a lot of this communication that happens between advisors or compliance folks and, and individual athletes and, and their teachers and parents and coaches happens via email, so that can be tracked. Is there not some sort of setup? Because, again, to, to, to your point, I mean, according to everything we know in this case, um, Bryant Fitzgerald did everything right. right, and then it turned out he was what he was told was right was wrong. So why does or, – or maybe could you – threaten some kind of you know scholarship penalty rolled two years ahead so that the so maybe maybe IU football loses a scholarship for the 2019 season or the 2018 season or whatever but Brian Fitzgerald doesn't have to lose that one year so you're not penalizing the player you're penalizing the program you would imagine most coaches probably would not want to lose scholarships down the line just to try and get one player eligible by skirting the rules I don't know you know that that's a long and complex discussion to have but Again, what sort of purpose does it serve the athlete um, if he's done everything he was asked to do in the ways he was asked to do it, and then it turns out he was just, you know, poorly advised? Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that the NCAA tries to hold itself up as really acting in the in the best interests of the athlete. And I just feel that, it, that this situation is just a, a tremendous fail on their part in in doing what is best for Bryant Fitzgerald, who a guy who, like you said, by all accounts 
did everything that he thought he had to do to get uh, to get eligible. And it's just a shame that uh, that hasn't that's it's going to result in him losing a year, and it's just just unfortunate. I wanted to talk to you about across the parking lot at Assembly Hall. Uh, Archie Miller picks up another commitment. Point guard Robert Finnessy picks up and chooses the Hoosiers. Uh, the decision for him to come to Indiana just I know it wasn't exactly stunning. It's something that that they've been after for a while, but it's also a nice pickup for the Hoosiers. Yeah, I mean, it was the biggest sort of single need, I think, to cross off in the class, maybe even bigger than the forward depth that they added with the the, the back-to-back commitments of Jerome Hunter and Demazie Anderson earlier in the summer. There's only one true point on the roster right now. That's Josh Newkirk. You can make an argument for Rob Johnson acting in that role because he does a lot. Those two guys are both going to graduate after this season, provided nothing really weird happens. You've got a couple of young players that could develop in those sorts of roles, Devontae Green, Al Durham, um, but you don't have that dedicated kid who grew up a point guard at every level, played point guard, high school, AAU, all the way through. That's what Rob Finnessy is. You know, He's been a point guard his whole career. Um, he's going to have that makeup, that experience, that just sort of uh, worldview is the right word, but I think you know what I'm getting at. Um, and, and he's going to be able to come in and play right away, and that was clearly something that, um, or fill that role right away, I should say, and that was clearly something that Archie Miller, and really probably, you know, frankly, Tom Crane before him too, was always going to prioritize in this class. And to have him in the fold, you've still got two spots open. One surely is left for Romeo Langford until you know, either A, he commits, or B, you know it's not a viable option anymore. And then you've got enough of that forward depth that I think Indiana's going to need in, in the next couple classes um, to let you be flexible with that, that that fifth spot, even holding a spot for Romeo Langford, that fifth spot, whether you want to go for another guard, you want to go for another forward, you want to leave it open and just see what happens. Indiana's got, I think, a lot of the things they needed in this class. And they got in the form of four or three top 100 players, so that's really good. And then moving up, from there, it's just a question of what they want to do with those last two spots. Now Fred Glass took us on a tour of uh, the South End Zone, the construction at the South End Zone, the Excellence Academy. He, he ran us through a, a whole bunch of facts and figures and all that that, that Fred likes to do. But you know, just the development of that construction project. We've seen it come out of the ground very, very quickly. They say it's going to be done by next summer, which uh, you know we'll see. I'm always a little bit shaky <laughs> on construction uh, uh, things, but it just what, what do you think the impact that could have for this football program going forward, and just basically the department in general? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's big. I think any time you can talk to athletes about more holistic, I mean, athletes expect a more holistic experience, whether that's, and it's going to manifest itself differently in different sports, but you know, training, medical facilities, you know, dining, academics. Maybe there's some athletes that would value, like, having their own dorm or something like that. We've seen that with some basketball programs in particular. And it's just it's another sort of card to, to put in the deck if you're Indiana. It's also, you know, it's it's something Fred Glass. I mean, the, that south end zone facility, as you talked about, it'll, it'll be housing what Fred, the last piece of what Fred Glass has called his Excellence Academy. That's kind of been his dream since – he arrived, and, and I'm not predicting Fred's getting ready to retire or anything, um, but I don't think it's a coincidence that we've seen this sort of slowly progress from the weight room um, that, that Indiana has a, a, looking out onto its football field now to the big academic center that was renovated about the same time. Now they'll be finishing up. They'll be closing in the bowl and finishing up kind of that third piece of the Excellence Academy, if you want to call it that. Um, well, Fred certainly wants to call it that. 
um, in time for the bicentennial in 2020, which is going to be a big deal across the IU campus. Right. So it's you know it's going to be a big advantage as long as it's used in the right ways by coaches and recruiting, and, and also certainly in athlete development as well. Injured athletes are going to have better facilities to re- recover in. It seems like there are going to be more nutritional options, all those sorts of things. Um, it also is very much, I don't think there's any question, it's Fred Glass's baby, and I think he's proud that it's, it's finally growing up. We're talking to Zach Osterman from the Indianapolis Star. Zach, not asking for a win total or anything like that, but just your thoughts on how this football program looks heading into the start of the season. You know, the, the word I keep coming back to, especially when people ask kind of where fans are, curiosity. I think, I think there's optimism. Bowls in, in the last two seasons, a lot of people really like Tom Allen. I've heard people who compare him to, to Terry Hepner. I've heard people who compare him to Bill Mallory, obviously. Those comparisons only mean so much until we can see results on the field. But um, you certainly look at the success he had at South Florida, the success he had last season without use defense, and you feel like if that can be carried over, then Indiana should be able to take some tangible steps forward. On the other hand, IU football fans, I think in general, are, are naturally pretty conservative folks when it comes to expectations. And then you look at the schedule they've got this year, only six home games, only four Big Ten home games. Um, their, their Power 5 game, every Big Ten team is required to have a Power 5 non-conference opponent. That's Virginia on the road this year. Three of the four Big Ten home games were Ohio State. That's the opener. Uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. So you're going to, you know, some of those some of those maybe 50-50 games that you're going to need to win are going to be on the road. Your Illinois, um, your Purdue's, you know, your Maryland's, those kinds of games. Virginia, I think, is certainly one of those as well, maybe even Michigan State. So... I think it's it's curiosity as much as anything else. What does this team look like through the first month of the season? Um, because I think you can, I mean, that's, well, first of all, that's five games. If you go from August 31st to September 1st, that's Ohio State, Penn State, and then your whole non-conference schedule. And second of all, um, it, it's, it's, you can, I think a lot of people out there would like to make a case that this could be a third consecutive bowl season and in a way maybe more impressive than the first two because of the schedule you have to overcome to get there. On the other hand, a brand new offensive staff, a brand new head coach who's never been a head coach before, you know, a lot of questions to be answered on the offensive side of the ball, even if I think there are reasons for optimism in dealing with some of those questions more specific, more specifically. Like I said, the word I just keep coming back to is, is curiosity and, and how quickly do we get a feel for what this team's capable of? Which is probably the second question to ask after how quickly does this team get a feel for what it's capable of? And we're gonna, it's going to get a really big early test on, on August 31st. Zach Osterman from the Indianapolis Star, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Well, that's all the time we have for Peaks Radio this week. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to remind you to visit Peaks.com for the very best in IU football and basketball coverage you're going to find anywhere. Nobody covers who's you're recruiting better than Mike Pegram, Jeff Rabjohns, and Matt Weaver. So come be a part of an exciting and thriving community at Peaks.com. You are not going to be disappointed. Folks, we're out of time, but for now, and for Mike, Jeff, and Matt, I'm Ken Bykoff saying thanks for listening, everybody. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 